My name's Will DeFreeze, and this is the Sunday Scaries Podcast, your cure for the Sunday blues. Journal, meditate, take a walk, make a list, do breath work, take a vacation. If you've talked to anyone about your stress and anxiety lately, I'm fairly certain those recommendations will be put upon you. And as someone who journals, meditates, walks, and makes way too many lists, well, I can confirm that these things do help in the right moments when it feels like the world is crumbling around me. But unfortunately, there's also no foolproof way of avoiding anxiety when it comes knocking on your door. When I first discussed my general anxiety to someone, I really had no other way to describe it other than saying, It feels like a never-ending tunnel leading to something I don't want. And honestly, that's very similar to how I've described it since as well. Normally, when I think of tunnel vision, I think of elite athletes who are really in the zone. Cristiano Ronaldo lining up a penalty. Michael in Game 7. Tiger at Augusta. Just by looking at them, you can tell that absolutely nothing will phase them until they escape the moment that feels larger than life. Frankly, the zone they find themselves in feels completely opposite to the zone I find myself in when I'm feeling anxious. While they're confident, calculated, and ready for the moment, I feel like I'm anything but. These days, I feel like I've had my anxiety more under control than I have in years. I haven't taken anything for it since mid-pandemic. My restful nights outweigh my sleepless ones, and the occurrences feel more monthly than they do weekly, and even if that. But that doesn't mean that these moments don't still happen. Just before the pandemic, I started seeing a counselor. It originated as a couple's counseling kind of thing ahead of my marriage, but our relationship soon turned into something more personal to me. Having never truly dabbled in therapy before, I decided to take the dive considering the success that I felt our premarital counseling had. Her encouragement is what helped me find the ways to calm myself, that meditating, that five minute breath work check-in that I do, and above all, the journaling that I've really started to enjoy as of late. What I've realized is the hardest part isn't actually doing these things, it's simply taking the time to remember to do those things. And when I do remember to do them, I almost always feel better. That is, until I don't. In talking about and practicing meditation, I've heard the same thing from a lot of different beginners like myself, that meditation actually has the opposite effect on them, or that it simply doesn't work for them at all. While this view usually is that of the minority, I know it's still valid because I experienced it myself in the beginning as well. So why do some of us get more stressed when trying to accomplish these relaxing activities? Well, it's something called relaxation-induced stress or stress-laxing, a term that I really don't like. I really do prefer relaxation-induced stress. What I'm about to read is a passage from an article titled, Chilling Out No Help for Those with Relaxation-Induced Anxiety, by Carly Nuremberg for CNBC. She said, and I pardon me that this is a little bit long. The phenomenon known as relaxation-induced anxiety happens when people become anxious as a result of being relaxed. While it sounds contradictory, activities such as exercise, listening to music, or taking vacations trigger anxious feelings. Quote, someone with a fear of relaxation is able to initially relax, says Christina Liberto, a doctoral student in psychology at the University of Cincinnati, who has developed a questionnaire known as the Relaxation Sensitivity Index to examine this fear. And her quote continues, but once they start to feel relaxed, they begin to feel anxious as a result. Instead of enjoying a bit of downtime, their heart rate increases, their breathing speeds up, their muscles tense, and they feel nervous and worried. 
Relaxing activities don't truly unwind them, but rather make them feel wound up. She continues, relaxation-induced anxiety is a fear of relaxation itself or an increased fear that occurs not long after relaxation is achieved. For example, people with this fear may dislike getting a massage because they're frightened by the physical sensations it creates when tension gets released from their muscles and their neck and shoulders loosen up. And in the past on this very podcast, I've discussed related topics to this without even really realizing it. Specifically, the stress that one feels about work while on vacation being the best example. She goes on to describe the social consequences of doing relaxing activities, such as appearing lazy, feeling a loss of control, and worrying that they're not relaxing correctly. Recently, while scrolling TikTok into the void, I saw someone, something that hits a topic on the nose. It's a soundbite that's encouraging someone to go with the flow, only that person to become visibly anxious and they ask themselves, well, that's fine, but what, exact, what time exactly does the flow begin? It's the perfect bite-sized example of how someone with a go, go, go personality can feel the ill effects of something that's intended to zen them out. So what are the cures for this? Well, to me, it's kind of a chicken or the egg conversation considering there's no one size fits all relaxation technique for people who struggle with relaxing in the first place. One source offers a solution of grounding yourself in the world surrounding you, naming things that you can see, smell, feel, and taste around you. Other solutions including practicing kindness, easing into relaxation, and shortening the periods of time in which you relax, hoping to allow you to practice those techniques more fully. But as for me, I really do hesitate to offer any sort of solution that I've come up with, mainly because I really haven't come up with one yet outside of just being consistent about trying to relax. In my book, as long as you're at least attempting to relax, you're headed in the right direction. And honestly, that's really all we can and should expect of ourselves. Maybe it's just my anxious nature, but ever since my son was born in April of last year, I've started to begin to realize how fragile life can actually be whenever I see him playing or just enjoying himself. And I just start thinking about how the, the time is really just ticking away for me, and it's a really morbid kind of scary thought. But on that note, it has made me realize why people get life insurance, especially term coverage, which is surprisingly affordable. Why not pay a bit each month to protect the ones that you love? If you're asking yourself that question, choose Ladder. Ladder is 100% digital, no doctors, no needles, no paperwork. When you apply for $3 million in coverage or less, just answer a few questions about your health in an application. You just need a few minutes and a phone or laptop to apply and Ladder's smart algorithms work in real time so you'll find out if you're instantly approved. No hidden fees, you can cancel anytime, and you can get a full refund if you change your mind in the first 30 days. Ladder policies are issued by insurers with long proven histories of paying claims. They're rated A and A plus by AM Best. Ladder's customers rate them 4.8 out of five stars on Trustpilot, and they even made Forbes best life insurance of 2021 list. And finally, since life insurance costs more as you age, now is the time to cross it off your list. So go to ladderlife.com slash scaries today to see if you're instantly approved. That's L-A-D-D-E-R life.com slash scaries. Ladderlife.com slash scaries. There was a time in my life when day drinking was far more commonplace than it is today. While brunch was never the main event of the weekend, you simply knew that a text would come through at some point asking to get drinks before the sun goes down. Sometimes it was a 10 a.m. recovery breakfast, 
Other times it was simply a noon reservation made weeks in advance, but more often than not, it was simply a message just saying, where should we go grab some beers? My retirement from day drinking was never intentional. And no, I'm not opposed to temporarily coming out of retirement should the right situation arise these days. But even with that being said, there are rare outings that have coincided with the realization that my body doesn't recover quite like it used to. In fact, my experiences have led me to believe that I actually recover worse from a day filled with drinks than I do with a night filled with them. Is it all mental? Maybe. Is it because I can watch my hangover materialize in real time the night of? Perhaps. But all in all, the effort that goes into my recovery is more important than deciding which patio we're going to enjoy. Last weekend, I had the pleasure of celebrating my good friend and coworker Dylan's wedding here in Austin, Texas. A Sunday morning wedding beginning around 10.30 a.m. with a reception immediately following, the conditions were ripe for tying one on while surrounded by friends and family alike. Knowing that I'd have an all-time bad Monday ahead of me if I didn't pre prepare myself properly, I had no choice but to lay out my plan in advance to recover from a morning and afternoon of drinking like there was no tomorrow. And after a few flutes of champagne, a margarita, and three old speckled hens on draft, well, drunk me was quite happy that sober me took these precautions ahead of time on that fateful Sunday evening. My five-step foolproof plan, well, it's as follows. Step one, thou shall have a defined cutoff time. If you've been a longtime listener, you may think back to a time when I discussed the 10 commandments of day drinking. It was one of the first ever episodes. You may be thinking, wait, isn't this just kind of the same segment? And truthfully, that segment, while similar, is something for the younger generation. Why I'm saying that, you may be wondering, because one of the main commandments that was, was going home before the sun goes down. For recovery, however, you must go home far before that. Whether you give yourself from 10 to 2, 11 to 4, or 1 to 5 o'clock, you must have a hard cutoff time for fear of the day spiraling. With an expiration date in your crosshairs, it allows you to find your day drinking cadence and stick to it. The slipperiest slope of day drinking is allowing the day to get ahead of you, so it's essential you get ahead of the day instead. Once that hourglass begins to empty, it starts, it's time to start mixing in some waters at the bar before you call your faithful Uber driver. Should you decide to go into overtime, well, have fun at work tomorrow explaining why your eyes are bloodshot and you've still got bedhead. Once your cutoff time is decided, it's set in stone. And if you miss it, well, that stone will crumble. Beware. Step two, productivity is thy friend. This may be the mid-30s in me trying to jump out, but accomplishing one single productive task will give you the peace of mind in a time when you need it. It may be later that night after waking up from a couch nap, or it could even be the next morning. Not sure exactly what I'm talking about? Here are a few examples. Loading the dishwasher. It's a low-maintenance task yielding great results, and it's the perfect set-it-and-forget-it move to ensure that you're moving in the right direction. When you wake up and have a dishwasher full of clean dishes, you'll give yourself a well-deserved pat on the back. It doesn't matter that you probably won't empty the dishwasher until Tuesday. At least you did the first steps, whether you were drunk or not. Or let's look at doing a load of laundry. It's kind of the same mentality of loading and running the dishwasher, but it sets your week up for far more success. Fresh clothes going into any week will definitely boost your productivity, but sadly, you also have to remember to flip everything over to the dryer before Monday morning. It's a dangerous game to play, but even waking up an hour earlier than normal to flip the laundry the next morning is better than not doing it at all. Or you can do what I did after the aforementioned Sunday wedding last week. Clean, clean, clean. On that day, I would consider myself to be more buzzed than actually drunk, and for that reason, I had too much energy to settle in for a nap. 
Treating my apartment like I had a party there the night before, I power cleaned until my place looked spotless in the living room and kitchen areas. And when I woke up on Monday morning, it was like the weekend never happened. Spotless. Step three, thou shall get food delivery no matter the circumstances. While I've never been much of a hungover eater myself, I do understand the benefit of having a big greasy meal in order to ease the pain later in the day. Most of my brunches consist of the lighter fares on the menu. When it comes to powering down after an afternoon of draft beers, this is paramount. Medical News Today states, eating greasy foods may help slow the absorption of alcohol in the blood. However, this method is only helpful if a person eats greasy foods before drinking alcohol. Eating greasy foods in the morning after might upset the stomach even more, making the hangover worse. Does this go directly against what I'm telling you? Well, yeah, it kind of does, but I don't really care. Whether you ate a big meal before heading out or not, I promise you will not regret that $7 delivery fee when you wake up in the middle of the night feeling not really that terrible. A burger and fries, some calorie-filled Chinese food, maybe even some Indian with some extra naan to soak up all that booze. Either way, the calories are worth it to soak up all the drinks from the afternoon. I promise. We have step four, spectacles, testicles, wallet, and watch. In more recent years, I've become somewhat forgetful. Why that's the case, I may never know. But what I've learned is that my day or night isn't complete if I don't return home with a full inventory of everything that I brought out. Of course, the spectacles, testicles, wallet, and watch mantra is somewhat dated, but sunglasses, iPhone, wallet, and keys doesn't have the same ring to it. This may be minor, but forgetting to do so could lead to an all-time bad Monday morning. We all have our phones glued to our hands, but the rest are a much dicier proposition. Those sunglasses, don't forget them on the picnic table once the sun goes down behind the buildings around you. That wallet, make sure it's on the kitchen counter ready to get snagged en route to work the next day. And those keys, well, make sure that you take them out of the door when you, when you unlock it and let yourself in. Their new home is right next to your wallet on the counter. Just don't be a ball of stress looking for any of the above on Monday morning before your commute. I don't think I need to explain that reasoning any further. And step five, make thy bed and sleep in it too. While this may be tailored to me more than others, I have a system when I get home from pretty much anywhere. I like to spend my free time on the couch before I head to bed for the night. But after an afternoon of drinks that I didn't need, well, your personal panic room just became your new home until further notice. If there's one thing I don't need on a Sunday night, it's drunkenly passing out on my couch only to wake up around midnight in a frenzy and to have to calm myself down as I lumber into my bedroom to get some really mediocre sleep. Just like there's no better feeling of getting into a hotel bed after room service has been there and cleaned it, you can almost channel that feeling by doing the same in the comfort of your own home. And if you follow all those steps, you'll wake up bright-eyed and bushy-tailed the next morning. Well, maybe. Did you know that only 9% of plastic actually gets recycled no matter how much we put in our recycling bin? At Grove Collaborative, they believe it's time to ditch single-use plastics for good, and I have to agree. Grove carries hundreds of products aimed at replacing single-use plastics across your home and personal care routine, and by 2025, Grove will be 100% plastic-free. Like Grove's concentrated cleaners and refillable glass bottles, they're friendlier to the planet and twice as effective as leading natural brands. Switch to sustainable products for every room in your home, from laundry care to hand soaps and more, 
Grove has you covered with safe formulas and refillable packaging that never compromises on performance. One item I've unexpectedly loved is their dryer balls. They cut down energy use by limiting dryer time. They last up to a thousand loads of laundry, which is kind of unfathomable to me. And the best part, they make your laundry coming out feeling so soft. Join over 2 million households already shopping sustainably at Grove. Go to grove.com slash scaries today and get a free gift set worth up to $50 with your first order. Plus, shipping is fast and it's free. Get started right now at grove.com slash scaries. Again, that's grove.com slash scaries. This week, we're gonna close things out with a brief meditation for anyone who may need a little motivation to just get a little active on this beautiful Sunday. To begin, make sure you're comfortable. Set yourself up in a way that won't make you think about how uncomfortable you are for the next, you know, five to 10 minutes. I'm sitting horizontally on my couch with my comforter and a large glass of ice water next to me. So once you've gotten comfortable, feel free to close your eyes and relax. If closing your eyes doesn't feel right to you, you're also welcome to look down at the tip of your nose. Take a moment to turn your lens inward and focus on yourself. Start with a deep breath in and a large exhale. A deep breath in and a large exhale. Do this for a few moments and allow yourself to truly be with yourself. As you breathe out, envision what you'd like to accomplish today. It can be anything from a light jog around the neighborhood, a Sundays with Love Peloton ride with Ali Love, a yoga class at the studio down the street, or even just a simple stretching routine in the comfort of your own home. But before you really decide, let's get a bit grounded. Again, a deep breath in and a large exhale. Think about what's stopping you today. Is it laziness? You can say yes. No one's judging you here. Is it a hangover? Again, no judgment. Sometimes nights get away from you and that third martini or extra glass of wine sounds pretty darn nice. Perhaps it's simply because you're out of your workout routine, but fear not, so am I. Another deep breath in. large exhale. Take a moment to notice how you'd feel in those moments of activity, physically, mentally, emotionally. Right now, you're imagining yourself, and that's okay, that's what you're supposed to be doing. At the end of the day, we're here to give ourselves a greater sense of purpose, to allow ourselves to undo some of the damage from the weekend and enter our week feeling productive and powerful. I want you to feel as free as you would on a barefoot run on the beach or simply in lotus position on a blanket in the park. A deep breath in 
large exhale. Now let's imagine you're jogging. It could be in a borough of New York City, around the cul-de-sac of your neighborhood. It could even just be on a treadmill in your local gym. Now once you actually picture yourself doing this, what feelings does that elicit? Does that version of yourself feel proud that they got up and did it? Or are they considering getting off the treadmill because the double IPA from yesterday is rearing its ugly head? No matter how that vision makes you feel, it's valid. Deep breath in. And a large exhale. Now, envision yourself in downward facing dog. You could be on a mat in your bedroom, at a yoga studio, or simply outside somewhere in a shady spot. Is that rush of blood to your head making your hangover-induced headache worse? Or is the blood flow actually doing you more good than harm? As you lie on your mat, come up with some positive thoughts you'll tell yourself when you don't feel like overextending any further. No one forced you to be there. It's all up to you. Are you glad you did it? Or would you rather be sitting on the couch catching up on Ozark? Again, any way you feel is valid. The simple fact that you took time out of your day to meditate on this is effort enough for now. A deep breath in. And one more large exhale. Whether it's 8 p.m. tonight or you're listening at a later date on a day of the week, would a brief stint of activity end up being the worst part of your day? That's okay, but what if it's the best part of your day? I'm not saying it should be, but just, what if? Now take a moment to process and go through whatever activity or workout you've been putting off. Manifest it. If getting out and doing something sounds better than it did a few minutes ago, go ahead and harness that feeling. If you still feel like you're sitting on the sectional couch all day and you just want to watch Friends reruns play in the background, you can also just harness that too. I'm not here to judge. Even if you just put on some athleisure and don't work out at all, you still look like an athlete. Sometimes, that's all that matters. Honestly, that workout gear looks pretty good on you. You're looking pretty good right now. Let's take another deep breath in. large exhale. And if it feels right, bring your hands to your face for a moment. Wipe them down the entirety of your face and allow your eyes to float open. And when it feels right, go seek whatever it is that you focused on throughout this meditation. Acknowledge your efforts. Thank you so much for joining me today. Tomorrow is a new, less hungover day. Seek comfort in that thank yourself for your patience and your motivation. Thank you for choosing Sunday Scary's meditations and enjoy the rest of your Sunday.